Welcome to This is Lassonde, a podcast brought to you by the Lassonde School of Engineering. Each episode, we bring you a fresh conversation from the Lassonde community. Each episode, you'll hear stories from engineers and scientists, aka our students, profs, alumni, and industry partners, stories about designing solutions to complex problems to push our world forward. Tune in as these stories will engage, inspire, and delight you to create human impact through science and engineering. Today we sit down with Myra Zafar, a recent mechanical engineering grad currently working in business development at Morgan Solar Inc. As an international student from the UAE, Myra discovered her community of thinkers and doers at Lassonde. She is passionate about people, design, and sustainable fashion, and found inspiration for engineering at the intersection of those things. So um, I guess just to start us off, uh, what inspired you to pursue mechanical engineering? Hmm. I think for me, I was motivated by, well, obviously my interest in science and math, but also um, I was really passionate about sustainability, or I guess I was really concerned about the climate crisis is more accurate. Um, um, And I was really like a lot of high school students at a point where I was choosing between a lot of my different interests and passions. on top of being interested in STEM and math, I also was really involved in and interested in literature um, in school. And I had a lot of inter- like a lot of interests outside of that as well. Um, so I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do. And I kind of thought engineering as a way to merge a lot of my different interests while getting to work on problems that I found really compelling that affected a lot of people. Um, like again, things like climate change, but also things like medical technology and things like energy in general. Um, So yeah, I think it was just that element of being able to solve problems that really affect people and being able to work with other people towards those common goals. I guess I had this idea of the kind of meaning I wanted my career, my future career, or my vocation to have, and I had this idea of the kind of impact I wanted to be able to work with others to make, but I didn't necessarily know, I guess, what avenue would be, which avenue I could take to kind of reach that. Um, And I was really drawn to mechanical engineering, particularly at Lassonde, kind of because I saw it as a really broad interdisciplinary approach Um, to engineering that honestly spoke to a lot of my interests and it spoke to a lot of the way like a lot of the ways that I naturally approach problems um, which I thought was great because I think (laughs) at the point that we are now in history and in time and in society our problems are so much more complex than they have been in the past and it you need you know they're not necessarily neatly divided into only physics problems or only engineering problems or only sociology problems they're so multifaceted and you kind of need this like approach where you're able to combine perspectives and kind of look at things from the intersections yeah um, to actually be able to engage with these really important really tough problems that we have to solve today as a society um so yeah I guess that's a long-winded way to say that I was really attracted to kind of the breadth 
um, that mechanical engineering particularly offered. Again, it spoke to a lot of the kinds of problems I wanted to work on. Um, and that was what drew me to it. That's wonderful. Um, is there like a specific aspect of the field that interests you the most or that you're super passionate about? Hmm. I have a few. I recently took a bioengineering course um, and that was probably one of my favorite courses I've taken just because it so effectively did what we just talked about. Um, that element of kind of marrying social impact with um, like the technical knowledge that you're learning. And with something like bioengineering, it was so easy to see the immediate impact that a piece of technology has. You know, like I was recently learning about this imaging technology that cuts down um, surgery time from an hour to I believe like 25 minutes, which is huge because the less time you spend on the surgery table, um, the less chance you have of infection and the higher chances you have of overall survival, things like that. So just being able to see that impact like so immediately of improvements in technology and improvements that engineers make um, was really huge and really cool. And I honestly got, <laughs> developed a huge love of biology through this. Um, and it was also really well-timed because it helped me understand a lot of the news <laughs> surrounding COVID-19 because I was able to understand a lot of how they developed the vaccine and things like that, which was awesome. Um, so that's a new one that I'm really interested in, but I have always been and will probably always be really interested in energy generation, particularly renewable and sustainable energy generation. Um, anything to do with making technology more sustainable um, and more socially aware is very much up my alley. <laughs> I think historically engineering has definitely um, like, or engineers, I guess, or technology in general has not necessarily been super aware of how it intersects with society and how it impacts society. Um, meaning that sometimes the way that the technology we make can impact society in a negative way, not necessarily a positive way. Um, so anything that kind of looks to making a positive social impact is right up my alley. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um... Well, you were a student not so long ago, and you might have to do a bit of uh, thinking back to um, when you were in first year or even before that, when you were in high school. Um, what was your journey like moving to a new country to study a degree abroad? Yeah, so I grew up in Dubai, which is great, um, but it was way hotter for one um, compared to Canada. Um, so moving here was quite exciting for me, I think. For anyone that's young, when you spend your whole life in one place, it's, it's kind of exciting to be able to kind of go to a different place. And it's really adventurous <laughs> to think about kind of starting a fresh chapter um, in a sense. So that aspect was really exciting. That being said, it was also really nerve wracking. Um, there were a lot of like things that <laughs> I was constantly kind of nervous about. I got lost a lot all the time because I didn't understand public transit because I was so new to it. Um, I got really cold all the time in winter because I didn't understand how to dress for winter. <laughs> I was also really new to that. Um, and I guess I was also simultaneously, you know, nervous about those 
regular old young people things like am I going to make friends or am I going to like um, find a culture that fits with me um, and kind of my interests and my values. Um, I think for me I really came in with a mindset of thinking about how there are so many people that I haven't met yet that I'm probably going to love and there are so many experiences I haven't had yet that I'm going to think of as foundational um, and there are so many just new experiences to be had and some of them might not feel very comfortable some of them might not like jive with me um, and that's okay but just this idea of knowing that some of these people and some of these experiences that I'm having might be transformative and might be important to me and might <laughs> become cornerstones of my life was what really helped me because it pushed me to constantly be talking to new people and it pushed me to constantly be seeking out new experiences. I had this almost like hunger for um, new experiences and new people. Um, so I guess as opposed to resisting the change and resisting the newness of the experience, I tried to throw myself into it um, as much as possible and just drench myself in the excitement of it um, and just that opportunity to just do that and be introduced to so many new things which honestly doesn't happen too often in life um, was what really helped me go from being an international student to a student because through doing that through going through all of those like experiences whether it be like finding random events downtown to go to with like my new friends that I just made um, <laughs> or whether it be like being joining a new club that I just learned about um all of those experiences even though some of them I ended up being like oh, okay that's not for me they just going through all of those experiences made me engage with people so wholly and so openly and <laughs> it made me feel like I was a huge part of the community um my own little community if you will mm -hmm. and I would say like that would that is what really helped just not being scared of the change and not resisting the change, but I yeah. guess using it as a tool for yourself and just going going for it, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, well, we, as you said, are interesting people, and I do want to get into your passions and your interests because, you know, you're more than just a mechanical engineering student. Um, so I know that you are into fashion and I just want to know, like, when did your passion for the fashion industry start? My passion for fashion. Yeah. <laughs> when did my passion for fashion start? It's interesting because um, throughout my entire schooling, I had a uniform. So I think I only owned like one pair of jeans that I would wear outside of school. <laughs> um, so I didn't really think about clothing very much. Um, I was really interested in like, literature and art and books and film and STEM as well like those were all my passions and I spent all of my time doing those things I had a little blog that I used to write as well so <laughs> I used to work at this film club it was all <laughs> fun it was fine I, never, I didn't think about clothes <laughs> um, but I definitely had an interest in just people and humanity I guess and you can kind of see that through how much I loved literature and how much I loved film, things that really seek to capture that human experience and express the inexpressible in a way, um, which I think is really poetic. 
Um, I also really liked poetry. I had a poetry blog too. <laughs> lots of blogs, lots of blogs. Um, <laughs> lots of writing, yes. Yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy writing. I used to write a lot too. I loved short stories. I think at some point I really wanted to be a writer. Um, but after I came to university and I guess I started dressing myself um, and I started kind of just learning about the sustainability problem in fashion, um, I started becoming more interested in it. Um, this is yeah, part tell of us the- more about that, that you know, sustainability yeah. aspect. Yeah, I think, well, a lot of people don't know this, but fashion and the fashion industry in general is one of the most polluting industries out there. Um, it consumes a lot of the world's fresh water. Um, it produces a lot of carbon emissions and more than just those kind of statistical pieces of it being unsustainable, um, the labor conditions for a lot of the workers who produce our clothing are really unacceptable. Um, I think if you look into a lot of like the history behind it, there there have been a lot of factory collapses um, that have taken a lot of people's lives. And it's just that concept of, oh, people can kind of, um, <laughs> because of globalization, go out and get cheap labor and get away with really horrible and unacceptable working conditions so that they can bring you like your $5 t-shirt. Um, and so it's really unsustainable from kind of that perspective as well, politically and socially speaking. Um, so yeah, every aspect of it is kind of <laughs> straining the sustainability um, theme here. Um, but every yeah. aspect is kind of unsustainable. And I think I was not necessarily aware of that. And I think most people aren't, um, which is totally fair um, because it's not something that's in, like very heavily discussed. But once yeah. I started learning about that through the internet and through some of like the blogs I follow, um, I also had a few people that were, were really interested in fashion and went to fashion school. So I guess just being exposed to that in my periphery, um, I kind of developed more of an interest for it. And when I learned about thrifting and buying clothing secondhand um, as being a sustainable alternative, because when you buy something secondhand, no new resources are used. Um, so you're kind of offsetting some of the environmental load from kind of conventional fashion retailers like H&M, Zara and stuff. Um, yeah, so <laughs> when I got into that, I think it really, really sparked my love for fashion because um, I, it, clothing holds so much history. So, you know, different, cl- different kinds of styles um, are associated with different political eras. Um, the way people dressed after <laughs> during a war was completely different than the way people dressed after a war. Um, looking at tags on clothing can help you date it back to like the 70s or the 60s based mm-hmm. on where it was made and what fabrics it was made out of. So I think it's a little nerdy, but yeah, learning about kind of those historical and social associations from different things um, made me really excited about it because then you can kind of take that and almost mess it up when you wear it and kind of reinvent yeah. it and interpret it and it feels really rebellious and it feels really powerful and it feels really exciting um, because you're kind of taking control of this narrative um, or you're at least in some way getting to kind of practice creativity um, in a way that doesn't 
in a way that's kind of tem- temporary, which takes some of the stress out of it. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> nobody really remembers what you wear. <laughs> so you oh, can yeah. have fun and wear whatever. Um, so that I think was really, really exciting to me. Just, yeah, being able to mix up all of those different associations. Um, yeah, I, um, I totally wonder what uh, pandemic fashion will look like compared to like post-pandemic fashion. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I think because I mean in the pandemic obviously a lot of people are wearing more loungewear but I feel like after that I I don't know about you but I kind of want to go to the grocery store in a ball gown sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like my I need some opulence. I need some <laughs> I need something that's not a, an elastic waistband. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting how, um, like, fashion sort of, like, does that, and how before <laughs> I wouldn't really, like, bother too much about, like, getting ready every day, but, like, now, like, I actually want to put effort into, like, making an outfit for myself in the morning, because um, <laughs> all we do is sit at home, and, like, it, instead of just wearing something, like, super casual, like, jeans and a t-shirt out to, like, the grocery store, maybe I just want to put in a bit more effort, because it's, like, well, I'm only out for, like, once every two weeks super exciting and it's super fun because like fashion creates dialogue in a way that words can't you know it's yeah. so and it communicates um without even you know without even speaking to someone what they're wearing is communicating something to you uh, in terms of when you think about fashion but I think personal style is cool because in a way it's almost like you're having that conversation with yourself like even if you look back it your life your style evolves um as you evolve um which is super cool like when I started university I was such a minimalist I wore men's buttons downs and mm-hmm. um, jeans and that was kind of like the definition of my entire wardrobe range but now it's so different um sometimes I'm wearing a full suit um, but I think just it's so exciting to be able to create that narrative every day and kind of create that alignment between how you feel and how you want to feel and what you look like externally I guess um again I feel like it's kind of taking that power back because there are times where I dress creative and I feel more creative as a result and I feel like I have better ideas (laughs) which is really I might just be really sensitive to that alignment of external and internal though um but I definitely feel that way um about like how I dress I feel like yeah I don't there's 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 so much there was this even like thing called a zoot suit right um because there was this article of clothing called a zoot suit um which was a really voluminous suit and um I think there was a certain group in Los Angeles that and kind of um wore it all the time it was kind of like their trademark look I guess but during I think the second world war was it um when clothing rations were imposed uh, when people went out wearing that suit, people saw it as unpatriotic. Um, mm. it, was, it definitely had undertones of racism, overtones of racism, I would say. <laughs> um, but they would essentially like identify people by them wearing this large amount of fabric at a time where everyone was rationing their fabric. And it, I actually created a lot of violence. So I think sometimes we think of clothing as this really frivolous thing, but <laughs> it definitely... <laughs> Oh yeah, had a lot of impacts in the past in society, and it's a tool. Yeah, like it's 
kind of goes back to that whole like intersectionality and how it's not just like uh I mean like you can look at fashion like on the surface level but like when you look at it holistically like um how fashion was worn in the past like to now um and how important things like sustainability and environmental impact are um the creativity and how we express ourselves like it all intersects it really does um and that's just one of the cool things about um being a person yeah <laughs> um multitudes and everything has multitudes layers yes um oh you did start your own shop um what has that been like and you know like what have you learned so far tell, t- tell the audience about it what's the name <laughs> um interesting so like I mentioned I kind of developed a love for finding clothing secondhand um again just because it was so different than anything you could kind of walk into a store and buy I bought this one blazer once and I it was so cool. It had these um, smoke burns on it, ash burns on it. Um, and every time I wore it, I would think about who might have owned it before me that <laughs> might have been a chain smoker. Some, cool, some really cool, bold old lady, I guess. Um, Cause it was really, it was really old. It was, been, it was older than I was. So a lot of my clothes are probably older than I am. Um, and, and also because um, a lot of thrifted and vintage clothing because it was made years ago, it's typically made to last. Whereas now, um, fashion is a lot more like the turnover is much higher. Clothes aren't necessarily built to last because people want you to come back and buy more clothes. But yeah, so I kind of developed a pretty deep love for thrifting and vintage clothing. Um, and people around me started noticing that, I guess. Um, so at school, people would often kind of like ask me about things that I was wearing. And um, if, someone else had like an interest in clothing we would kind of become friends which is what I really liked about the community at Lausanne I felt really good expressing myself in that way I didn't necessarily feel like that was something that had to be separate from like school or people I knew at school in fact it kind of became more of a shared interest like when people saw that I was interested in that even if I didn't know them before even if they had the slight slightest bit of interest in it we would kind of be inspired by each other and talk about it and kind of build a friendship or a report over it. Yeah, just that concept of being able to offload some of that environmental impact is kind of what inspired it. And again, yeah, a lot of the people in my just general community asking me to take them thrifting or to find them certain things kind of inspired them. Well, let me just start a, start a store for you. <laughs> Essentially, it's called, um, it's called Looker for that reason, because I kind of do the looking for you and I find pieces that are lookers <laughs> really unique and good to look at um so yeah it kind of married that passion that I have for kind of having a positive social impact with this kind of avenue for my creativity and <laughs> this avenue mm-hmm. for kind of my love for visual communication I guess in a sense and um I got to learn so much just through the process of doing that I also got to learn so much about like the history of clothing manufacturing because again like you can really date things by looking at the label um people used to have clothing unions in the 70s things like that like you just see all those labels and it makes you super excited because I don't know it's nice to think about history and the people that (laughs) touched something before you and 
like where things come from it's I think super it makes you feel connected to I guess something bigger than yourself I think for me anyway yeah um so those are some of like the really nice parts but beyond that I guess um there's also so much I learned like setting up a website (laughs) which made me really happy I went to an engineering school because um I was more comfortable with code and web development because of hackathons and things that I went to um and being really comfortable with things like developing a web design and a UI and things like that and uh design thinking which was something that I learned quite heavily in engineering school played a huge role in setting up my store because um design thinking really focuses on kind of putting on empathy and putting yourself in the user's perspective. Um, So I did that a lot. I did these design sprints where I would think about pain points for people that might be interested in shopping sustainably and how I can circumnavigate those pain points and um, how I can make it sustainable from every single point. So Mm -hmm. I have fully compostable packaging, for example, um, and things like that. (laughs) And I try sometimes to offset my carbon emissions um, but my carbon offsetting amount is so low at this point that it doesn't offset anything. <laughs> but, the, the effort matters, though. It's, but the effort, but the effort yeah. matters. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think just being able to kind of look through all of those steps and do a full, like, life cycle analysis and use some of, like, those engineering skills in this completely unrelated e-commerce store. <laughs> well, I mean, I like it is technically related. Like I, I think that you starting a clothing store um, may not necessarily like, you know, touch the same circle as like mechanical engineering or like engineering or STEM, but again, like it, it does um, have an intersection. And um, I think there are like aspects of your degree that, I, that have like helped you run your business, right? I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Like thinking about processes and thinking about problem solving um, and thinking about how I can make things more efficient and how I can make things more user friendly. And um, all of those are things that I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know those were things to even consider before I took engineering. So I feel like mm-hmm. engineering has really given me kind of like the tools and the mindset and the problem solving capability that. I absolutely am addicted to because it translates so seamlessly to it other does. life. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's really, really useful because <laughs> I think it's most useful when you translate to other aspects because um, those are sometimes the places where it hasn't been used before. And that's kind of where it has a really big impact. Um, so I feel like just doing those things really even kind of set me apart and helped me. Start your business. Yeah, I actually really did. And I don't know, just being able to kind of think about it from an engineering perspective, mm-hmm. but also having kind of my creative vision and having um, my social vision of sustainability in mind, like marrying all of those different elements and intersecting all of those different parts is kind of, was kind of key, I feel like, to just developing the whole thing. To our audience, that is uh, Looker Clothing, is it .shopify.com? .com? Loggerclothing.com. Clothing on Instagram. You can probably find it there, and the website is linked. Yeah, support your support your local business. Um, local student, Myra. <laughs> find cute curated vintage pieces. Um, 
Thank you, Myra, for sharing those insights. Um, so yeah, as we heard from engineering courses to real life, uh, it is enlightening to learn how technical concepts apply to the design and life cycle of products that surround us, such as clothing. Um, and yeah, uh, Myra, thank you again for sharing how you're giving meaning to your career by creatively solving sustainability problems using engineering and design. And thanks to you, our audience, for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the latest episodes of our podcast by following us on social media. We are at Lasan School on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Visit lasanschoolyorkuca slash podcast for your episode guide.